0: on this episode of The Jason Wright Show.
1: like, How can I positively impact as many players as I possibly can um, and empower them with a mindset that helps them consistently show up as that best version of themselves on and off the field? Light bulb went off. Okay, my career's just about over. We have Zoom. Boom. I'm going to take everything I learned from my journey getting to the top all the, the roller coaster of a ride, all the failure, all the adversity. Being able to work with some of the top mental performance coaches in the world, I'm going to take all that, combine it, and create a program called Major League Mindset, um, and just posit- like I said, positively impact as many players' lives as I can.
0: Brandon Guyer, welcome to the Jason Ross Show, brother. How you doing, man?
1: I am great, man. How are you?
0: I am fantastic, and I'm so excited that our mutual friend, Josh Tomlin, put us together, and thank you so much for this time. I know you're a busy man with Major League Mindset and just being a dad and, a, and everything you've got going on, which i got to ask you, how was the beach?
1: It was great. Um, unfortunately, uh, at the end, the last day we all got COVID or found out we all had COVID, <laughs> uh, but I, I always say when things like that happens, ohms, obstacles yeah. make me stronger, O-M-M-S. Um, so that's the way we're approaching it. Hey, we're going to come out stronger than ever. It's the second time we've had it. It's all, it's very mild, so we can kind of laugh about it. But
0: um, now besides that, it was great. Well, I'm, I'm glad and get healthy. You know, I had the, uh, I talked to my youngest. She's a student at the university of Colorado and she has contracted COVID. I guess this is her second time, her second go around. And she said, and she had a, a, a torn ACL, uh, earlier this year from skiing. And we were talking about COVID and she goes, well, I was at the rec the other day and I, I left and then I just went for a run and I it my, my ACL seems to be doing fine. I'm like, Wait a minute. I thought you had COVID. And she said, Yeah, I'm not stopping working out. So, you know, so hopefully she, she's hanging there. And I hope that you and the family get better. And thank goodness it happened at the end of the trip and not the first, dude. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I appreciate that.
0: Okay. So, Brandon Geyer, here's what I want to talk about. I mean, professional baseball player, great career. Uh, La Pinata, as you were known, if you want to talk about that. <laughs> but dude, obviously, it didn't matter how wicked the curveball was or what you were looking at. <clears throat> you, you were going to stand in the box no matter what, which I think is just awesome. Um, I actually had fun, uh, or I was laughing the other day. whenever you posted, uh, the video of you getting hit by the mascot—was it mustard that was hitting you? It
1: was uh, yeah, yeah, mustard catch Ketchup, one of them. they were yeah.
0: preparing me for the season. Yeah, that, that was awesome. And so i I'm, i definitely want to cover like your your trip to the big leagues and all that. But I mean, I know you've talked about that ad nauseum throughout your career, and it is—it's—it's it's amazing. But really what I'm excited about is what you're doing now with your Major League Mindset, which is, from my understanding, and I want you to correct me, and I want you to go in as in-depth, and then let's just talk some mindset philosophy, some peak performance philosophy while I've got you here. But with Major League Mindset, you're helping young players figure out not just the physical side of the game, but the mental, the emotional the, the, what it takes whenever, you know, I I read an interesting statistic by, I think it was Michael Gervais that wrote in, uh, either, he was quoted in a book as saying that you take 10 unbelievable athletes and you line them up and those who end up being champions versus those who finish second or third, all other things being equal, 90% of the time it can be directly correlated to mental acuity, and self-talk, as it was was he was talking about, just being able to understand your your mental emotions, be able to take control of those. So tell us a little bit about kind of where you're from, your time in the bigs, and, how, and where did this idea of mindset and how you can be a peak performer and putting those together, where did that come from? Were you born with it and just developed it? Or is this something that you tapped into along the way while you're in the bigs? Kind of where does the genesis of major league mindset begin?
1: Yeah. Um, so, so much great stuff there. And, and what you were just saying about Michael Gervais, yeah, spot on. Um, we'll le- definitely like to talk about that uh, later, but, um, yeah, so for me, my first three years, you can't quite see it. It's a Jersey right here, University of Virginia. Um, but it's what happened before that. Um, cause literally my first three years in high school, very average to below average baseball player. And while the physical skills were there, the, my mindset is what, what was limiting me more than anything. And it was like, I was just locked up. All those physical skills, maybe in practice they could come out, but during the game when it mattered most, they were just locked up. And it was all because of fear. It was all because of not being able to handle adversity. It was all not having uh, routines to flush adversity when it happens and get back to the present moment. Um, It was all focusing on what's out of my control instead of what's totally in my control. So because of that, those physical skills didn't come out those first three years in high school. Um, And then basically – no scholarships first three years. And I was like, okay, this is my final chance going into senior year. If, if I don't produce my baseball career is over. Um, so read a couple books, heads up baseball by Ken Revisa and some other mental performance books and went way into the mental game. Um, and really came out senior year, had the best year of my life. Felt like I completely, Got to the point where i could play free and loose on a consistent basis and when baseball players when athletes and high performers in any field can do what they're doing free and loose they're gonna have better results um so that's what it was and that changed everything i ended up could have gone to just about any college after really struggling those first three years in high school i i ended up going to the university of virginia got there what happened i kind of thought i was exonerated i thought oh i put the work in mental game i got to the d1 college i wanted to go to work's done so what happened freshman year struggled mightily struggled mightily went in as a third baseman couldn't you know made errors the game sped up i didn't you know i stopped working on the mental game you know i couldn't slow the game in my mind down got moved to the outfield Long story short, in college, went back into the mental game very strongly um, during that freshman year and after it. um, Next two years went great. Get to the minor leagues. Um, First couple years struggle. Actually, my second full year, um, I think after 200 at bats, I was hitting about 180. Get sent down from Double A to Single A, and at this time though, I was still working on the mental game and still struggling. So. What I try to get across to athletes is even though you're working on this doesn't mean it's all rainbows and unicorns doesn't mean you're not going to struggle it's not you're not going to fail you're going to, but if you're working on these mental skills and developing and cultivating that winner learn mindset something I like to talk about a lot, you're going to be able to handle those way better than others, if I was not working on those mental skills my career without a doubt would have been over that second full year in minor league baseball. Um, but I was able to accept it. I was able to learn from it. I was able to use all everything that happened as fuel for growth. And that ultimately ultimately led me next year to become minor league player of the year with the Cubs, then get traded, go to the big leagues in the next year, make my de- debut. Um, and then in the big league struggle mightily, but once again, these, all these mental skills and everything we're talking about with the mindset, it came in handy. You know it doesn't mean you're not going to struggle it just means you'll be able to handle it better than most um so then continue to utilize them throughout my big league career and it was something i was literally always obsessed with making the absolute most of my god-given ability um whether that's mentally whether it's physically whether it's spiritually whatever i'm doing whether it's eating sleeping I'm trying to out-eat the competition, outsleep the competition, out-breathe the competition, out-recover the competition. Um, so I was always obsessed with that. So when the writing was on the wall, I had my second Tommy John surgery in 2019. I was like, okay, with you know, Zoom started to get a little bigger. I was like, how can I positively impact as many players as I possibly can um, and empower them with a mindset that helps them consistently show up as that best version of themselves on and off the field? Light bulb went off. Okay, my career is just about over. We have Zoom. Boom. I'm going to take everything I learned from my journey getting to the top, all the the roller coaster of a ride, all the failure, all the adversity, being able to work with some of the top mental performance coaches in the world. I'm going to take all that, combine it, and create a program called Major League Mindset um, and just, like I said, positively impact as many players' lives as I can. Um, And it's basically all ages, all sports. Um, and that's really how major league mindset came about and we can talk about that more, but that's kind of like the background in my career and what led, um, ultimately to, you know, me doing what I'm doing now.
0: Well, and you're a, you and I are both two versions of, um, the, of of the opposite mindset. So when I was that junior and senior in high school, I didn't know it at the time. I couldn't put a finger on it, but I had a terrible fixed mindset. As a matter of fact, Brandon, you'll, you'll appreciate this. So. My entire baseball career, and I'd always been, and I was gifted with the natural talent. I mean, I was fast. I was big. uh, I mean, I was a naturally gifted athlete, but with a fixed mindset, I thought anything that is required of me beyond my raw athletic ability, there's nothing there. I never even considered the mental aspect of the game at that time. And so I would do things like abandon my batting stance and I would try to copy. I try to become, I I remember this as clear as day. I remember my junior year trying to mid in mid season, change my swing to look like Ken Griffey juniors. And by the way, I was a right-handed hitter trying to, you know, recreate. And for my entire career, I had always, you know, I, 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 Josh and I laughed because my hero was Dale Murphy, who he knows through the Braves organization. And, and so I always took three swats, stood like Murphy. That was my power stance. That was my, from the time I was a little kid, because so I was copying my idol. And then if I had two strikes, I would choke up. I look like Wade Boggs. And I was a great contact hitter when I had to be. But then in those later years, all of it went for for naught because I didn't have the right mindset. So the fact that you were able to tap into that at such an early age, man, I envy that because I am an example, and I actually teach a course uh, on mindsets as well, and I'd love to talk about some of the work of Carol Dweck that we've kind of mentioned uh, offline to each other. You know, whenever I teach that class, I tell people, look, I'm like kind of like a recovering fixed mindset sufferer and trying to help people understand that it's not just about, and this is what I'd like for you to kind of take off on, if you would. A lot of people, when they hear guys like us, and I love you talking about, you know, trying to optimize in every area of your life. That's what the whole Vitruvian project is about, the perfectly proportioned human, improve always and always. I mean, dude, you are talking my language. When people hear us talk about a growth mindset, immediately they probably have visions of Napoleon Hill and Tony Robbins and kind of the motivational think big, you know, if you believe it, you can achieve it. What I think the biggest benefit of a growth mindset is is that it will allow you to try things you may otherwise not. You mentioned it. You wanted to achieve a goal and you said if my god-given ability has limited me here, I'm going to get the most out of it to see how far I can stretch it and how how much how close to my full potential I can reach it. So talk a little bit to that listener about kind of the downside of just relying on raw talent and allowing yourself to be in that fixed position what athletes have you worked with and kind of what are their limitations as a result just of having that the wrong mindset
1: yeah yeah so great stuff uh you know every first session i have with one-on-one clients um or the big group training that i do i always ask four four questions so i ask them do you know what a five tool player is like if i'm working with baseball players Mm -hmm. And obviously most of them do hit for power, hit for average, good arm, good speed, good defense. Then I ask them, okay, what's the sixth tool, the sixth and most important tool? Um, a lot of them because we're working on this stuff and they're in the class, Oh, mindset, all that stuff. Yeah. So the sixth, and most important tool, your mindset. Then I ask them, okay, what percentage of the game of baseball and softball is mental? And a lot of times we hear 90, 95, you know, higher up even even more than that, at the higher levels. Okay, great, then I ask, what percentage of the time do you spend training your mindset? Training the side of the game that you just admitted is at least 90% mental. And I ask that to hundreds of athletes of all ages since retiring. And the the answer I usually get is zero to 5% of the time. Wow. And obviously it doesn't make a lot of sense. And the reason for that, there's a couple of reasons. They don't know the importance of their mindset, or they've never been taught how to train it in an intentional and structured way, or they have what you're talking about, a fixed mindset. They think they're either born with confidence, born with mental toughness, born with elite focus, or they, not, they don't have it. But the truth of the matter is, we can train our mindset and mental skills just like we can train our, our body and our physical skills. Because literally every human being has the gift of adaptability, the gift of growth, the gift of change, but very few either you know, take the time to work on their mindset, whether because they're young, they just want to sweat and you know the mindset stuff isn't fun to them. But I promise you, once they notice the difference and it, you feel a difference once you develop this mindset, all of a sudden you, you, you fears that you used to run away from and adversity that you used to avoid, you now approach that stuff and you look at it like the advantage that it is and you use it all as you turn that fear into excitement and use it as fuel for yourself. It changes everything. You, you're now controlling what you can control. You now have routines to put you in the best position. You're now acting like a warrior instead of a victim when things don't go your way. Um, and, and it literally, Changes the whole game, and you talked about something earlier about um, I thought you, I forget who you said it Michael Gervais I think about mm-hmm. you know the the players with the physical skills but the ones who reach mm-hmm. you know champions and all that stuff are just um, because of their mindset and mental skills. I like to think of it like this, and I remember I think it was Matthew Fitzgerald in in one of his books I, or someone I read I heard it a long time ago is basically we all have a physical wall you know, people call it a ceiling at times, but I like to think of a wall of our, you know, our physical abilities. We can only get so far. Now, what enables you to get as close as you can to that wall or your true physical potential is your mindset or your mental skills. So when I go around and speak and talk, I, I said, guys, this is the sim- most simple or the simplest way I can get across to you of how you pass by those who have more talent than you. So yeah, maybe their walls a little further down than you of their physical ability, but if they're not training their mindset, they're only going to get so close and you are in your physical walls here. That's simply you're, you're putting the work on your mindset. You have that growth mindset or major league mindset. You're getting as close to that physical wall as you can and boom, you just pass by all those others who aren't doing that. Um, so, yeah. The growth mindset. I like to, com- I kind of put a sports twist on it instead of fixed and growth. I like to call it average versus major league mindset. Um, and it's basically everything you were talking about right there. And, um, yeah, I, I think did I answer your question there.
0: Absolutely. That is, that is so spot on. And so for, so tell me what you do, like you talk about training this and for those athletes, like, for example, I tell you one of the, just a sidebar, you made me think about this before I ask that next question not only has it made me, now that I've started trying and exercising these practices to develop a growth mindset, not only am I willing to try things I otherwise would not, but, man, it short-circuits the negative thoughts. It really has, it, it gets me back, like, for example, if I'm struggling with, like, developing this course I've, I'm talking about, it, it has been an absolute beat-down, Brandon, because I'm developing an app for it and all this stuff, and it has just, I mean, man, it has tested me. And so mm-hmm. in my mind, my mind, that Michael Gervais self-talk will come and go, dude, you just freaking suck at this. This is an absolute beat down. But then I'll go, but you're going to get it. It's not, you just, you're not, you're not getting all the pieces put together yet. And that's one of the things that, that Carol Dweck talks about is she went to visit this school in Chicago. And now this is, to, to some of the listeners, this is going to sound something like, like the typical millennial woo-woo nonsense, but this is one that is actually right on the money. If you ever study Carol Dweck, good grief. If more of our kids today could understand some of her teaching and what it means to have a growth mindset. She went to this Chicago school. They're doing some research. And the teachers there, instead of giving a pass or fail, they were given a grade, not yet. And she, and she inquired about that. And she said that these teachers, Instead of, you know, like we have these, there's the one version that the self-esteem movement, which she talks about the problem with the self-esteem movement. She said, you know, instead of just giving them some like a, hey, good job, you tried, it was not yet. That means not you failed, because a fixed mindset, failure is not just an instance, but it's an identity, right? So like a guy like me, I wouldn't even try something that I might fail at because if I fail, that means that I am a failure. So they put this on it of not yet, so I have really adopted that in my self Talk of saying, Jason, like for example, I suck with directions. Mrs. Wright can confirm this one hundred percent. I suck. I can't get my I can't find my way out of a paper bag, dude. So, but I just say I, I'm not good at directions yet. One day I will be be good at directions. But it really short circuits the negative talk. But for that guy, man, because I gotta un, I gotta believe if if an athlete if a baseball player is coming to Brandon freaking Geyer. For, for help, for training. This is probably a stud that has a lot of talent, that has a lot of ability. How do you start to train them to make as part of their default mode protocol to get into a growth mindset versus it's, you know, they got a three and two count, there's a runner on third, they're one run, first and third, they're one run down, whatever the scenario is. And instead mm-hmm. of getting them to tense up, How do you start to teach them to default to the tools and tactics that you're teaching them that involve that growth mindset? Where does that begin?
1: Yeah. So it always starts with the very first session, kind of going over the difference between the average. And I actually have a worksheet that I show them um, difference between an average and a major league mindset or difference from a fixed and a growth mindset. So kind of get them, um, introduce them that way. And then the very first thing I always cover with every athlete is I get across to them that, yeah, while you're playing the game of baseball or while you're playing softball, whatever sport you're playing, that's not the ultimate game. You know, we can go back thousands of years um, where, you know, ancient philosophers like Marcus Aurelius or Seneca or Epictetus, and they say the same thing as modern day positive psychologists and, and philosophers. The ultimate purpose of life is to become that best version of you in service to something bigger than you, in service to your family, your community, your school, your team, your friends. Um, So I want to get that across because a lot of these guys um, have this identity, oh, just a baseball player. Oh, I'm doing everything I can to get to the next level. And then what they do is that's that adds extra pressure. It drains your confidence, drains your focus, drains your energy. Um, so I first try to get across to them the ultimate purpose in life. And then I try to say, okay, that's the ultimate purpose. Ultimate game becomes you putting the work in, not just on the physical skills, but on the mental skills, everything we're gonna cover so that you can become that best version of you. But then the game, the game becomes, once you do that, you put the work and continue to grow because your potential is literally infinite. And you can now put the work and catch that next best version of you. And along the way you are, I'm sorry my phone's going off right no what I swear I uh, silenced it. And along the way you're catching excellence. And that's what it is all about. Excellence on and off the field. And there's one word that really I get across to them um, that can sum up the entire program, and it's a Greek word called arete. And if you look it up, it, 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 it on Google, it'll show it, it, excellence. But the deeper definition of it means to express the best version of yourself, moment to moment to moment. Never perfectly, because you know a lot of players come who put the work in; they're perfectionists and they they can't handle failure. So get across that you're not it's not not a you're not trying to be perfect you're just trying to be more and more consistent because when you can do that on and off the field you close the gap the gap between who you're capable of being and who you're actually being because when that's wide get across to them that that's where the fear that's where worry doubt stress all those obstacles we put in our way that's where that stuff lives because you're capable of being this person and player but you're actually being this person. So we want to live with arte, close the gap between who you're capable of being and actually being. So I always start with that. And then we get into, um, basically the self-awareness. Okay. How do you do that? You got, you got to get to know yourself really well. Who are you at your absolute best? You know, what is I, we create an identity. This is my identity on the field. This is my identity off the field. So that way, you're not taking things that happen on the field, off the field. Boom. Okay. I'm off the field. Now I am a, you know, a kid last class. I'm a world-class athlete on the field off the field. I'm a world-class person. Okay. And then after that, we go over qualities. Okay. What qualities do you embody as a world-class person? Are you generous? Are you loving? Are you connected? You know, all that's, are you grateful? Okay, then after that, what behaviors and actions do you engage in that are in integrity with that best version of you? And then we kind of go through that, build that self awareness. And the self talk piece that you're talking about is huge. I like to call it BFS your body language, focus in your self talk at your best and at your worst. Getting to really build that self awareness muscle so you know who you are at your best. And at your worst too, because then you'll notice when you're starting to spiral down out of control, you you now have the mindset and mental skills to catch yourself and spiral back up into that best version of you, putting yourself in the best position to succeed by funneling all your focus to the present moment. You're not thinking about the past or what could happen in the future. Literally, you're only right here, right now. Um, and then kind of from that we go into something which is my favorite milestone that's called anti-fragile confidence. Mm. So basically anti-fragile and, I, and stop me if I'm going on a riff here. Dude, keep but- going. You
0: are, you, you're, dude, I, you're, this is my, this is my jam. I keep going. <laughs> oh
1: man. Um. So basically anti-fragile confidence. I, I try to tell, okay, anti-fragile. This is you know, you think of being fragile, obviously, when we don't, we don't want to go through life on or off the field being fragile and break easily, then on the spectrum up from that a little you have resilient, which is great. When you're resilient, you bounce back quicker than the majority of people. But still, the more life hits you, the more baseball knocks you down, you're going to you could eventually break even when you're resilient. But when you get there, great things happen. But even further up from resilient, you're anti fragile, basically, Opposite of being fragile, you're unbreakable. But more so than anything, you say, bring it on. Anything I can handle anything that happens to me now because now I have the mindset and tools to handle failure and adversity. And I run towards that stuff knowing it's an advantage and it's going to fuel my growth if I literally accept it, realize life in baseball is not supposed to be easy, and then I grow from it and that's the whole thing and then when it comes to confidence obviously all athletes are going to play better when they have more confidence Um, but too many especially kids who have out of this world physical skills they rely on confidence from getting results and having success which is part of it but we can't do that we want to get to the point where we create that confidence on our own and literally the etymology uh, of confidence if you look it up is intense trust an intense trust in ourselves Not that everything's going to go perfect because obviously it's not going to on or off the field, but it's an intense trust that it doesn't matter how things go because you now have the mental skills to handle anything that comes your way. Um, and how do you earn that? You basically have to earn that trust in yourself. How do you earn it by doing what you said you would do? And that means, um, you know, being great at handling failure and having that winner learn mindset. Having set routines, pre-game, in-game, and post-game, and staying committed to them, especially when you don't feel like it, um, and putting your actions before your feelings. Crushing the fundamentals, whether that's eating, sleeping, training, breathing, or overall self-discipline controlling the controllables, and most importantly, knowing and playing the ultimate game in life. Um, So you earn that trust in yourself, and then you have this anti-fragile confidence that literally you just get to a point where you say, bring it on. I can handle anything that comes my way. And I tell them, that is your ticket to invincibility. That's your ticket to becoming an unstoppable force. But it doesn't just happen, just like your physical skills got to put massive amount of, of work in you got to take action and when you do you'll notice it when you catch that best version of you you'll notice it and then the game continues catch that next best version of you on and off the field
0: oh dude i love that and like i said you are talking my language that's one of the things that like this whole idea of improve always and always that and you keep talking about the best version of yourself that is m- my goal and it's a selfish one i tell i tell anyone who will listen that my goal is like Brandon Geyer, if I've done it right, if I have, if I've started to today improve one percent over yesterday for that compounding effect, then you're getting the absolute best version of Jason Wright that has ever existed, God willing. And if Mm -hmm. you were to come back on tomorrow, you get a little bit better. And Mm -hmm. I believe, just like you mentioned, I believe that the fruit that we can create in being the best version of ourselves that will spill over into our fellow man will make for a a happier. More joyful community and better people to be around. That's what I. That's what I always tell people. Like I want to be the best version of myself. I want to continually improve so that those around me. Hopefully, the fruit of that will spill over. And I want to. I, like I, the fact that you are who you are and that you're living the way you're living, dude. I'm again. I'm selfish. I'm excited. I get to visit with someone like you who understands these principles. And whenever you start talking to uh, the Stoics, well, then I get really giddy. You know. I mean, because my one of my favorite kind of my go-to quotes that I live by is the father of Stoicism, Zeno, who said, he who conquers his mind conquers the world. And it, it seems like, for me, and I think a lot of people, taming that, that monkey brain is one of the hardest things on earth. And if you can conquer that, because ultimately, as the Stoics realized, you know, our universe, our world is between our ears. And if you can start to man- conquer that, well, then that's, that's the only one that matters as far as management. Now, mm-hmm. another thing that you that you mentioned that I, I would like for you to, to talk a little bit more about and expound on is this whole idea of win or learn. I think that, one, it speaks right to a growth mindset our major league mindset, the mindset of a champion, whatever to this win or learn, because, and then it goes back to what you were talking about with the whole stoic philosophy that there really is no loss. No, ma- it, no matter what the challenge is now, the scoreboard may have a loss, but you probably know this John Wooden, famously the prime, the the greatest NCAA basketball coach that ever lived. If you were to ask Bill Walton or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or, you know, Lew Alcindor at the time he played for coach Wooden, uh, what did the coach say about wins and losses they tell you he rarely talked about in terms of wins or losses or even mentioned the the score he was a coach that coached exactly the way you're coaching your participants your athletes in that he wanted to coach them to get as close to their full potential as possible that was it that's what he was shooting for cuz he knew if they were if he could bump up get them to bump up as close as they could to their full potential, then the score would take care of itself. You keep talking about the the win or learn philosophy. Expound on that a little bit, Brandon, and how you get these athletes to actually embrace that. Because you're dealing with some competitive guys, man. I mean, they want to have that W. They want to have that close. They want to have that save. They want to have that, you know, that, that game-winning home run. How do you get them to adopt a mindset that, win or lose, I have learned, I'm a, I've got a better education. So there, no matter what the challenge, there's always the ability to learn from it. How do you get that through to them? Yeah, um,
1: well, first off, what you were saying earlier about you trying to become that best version of you and you doing that selfishly, I think what you were just saying is, you were just talking about the the ultimate purpose of life is when you do that, you're then, be, you can better show up for everyone else around you. So it might be like a selfish thing, like you wanna become the best you, but by you doing that, you're going to help everyone around you, which really is that ultimate purpose that the Stoics, that modern day, everyone talks about, that is the ultimate purpose. Um, you know. So I love that you, you brought that up and talked about it. Um, as far as win or learn, really, I believe, like you said, it becomes win or win. Because if you can truly adopt that mindset, you're going into a game and you're either going to win and you so you're going before the game you prepare as best as you can all out out prepare separation is in the preparation so mentally physically preparing as best you can okay great so now you feel free and cool and calm and confident going into the game okay now in the game any two things could happen you either go out and you have success and you win great celebrate it whatever you do like let's go or whatever your celebration is be proud, build up that self-image. Or, if you don't have that success, you're learning. So then you have to realize you're not going to win all the time. You know, if it was easy, everyone would have success. That's why the the saying I say throughout the program the most is it's not supposed to be easy. I think that's the biggest obstacle to people, uh, people and players enjoying the process of life and of sports is they think that something's wrong with them when things inevitably get hard. But when things are hard and thing, you know, going through tough times, it sh- I think it shows you're on the right path. I forget who, who term, who made the term goes with, I forget the book. Um, but he said, just like light goes with dark stress goes with meaning. Oh, so if goodness. you have stress, if you have fear, if you have some anxiety, that means you're putting yourself out there. That means you're in the arena. So that's a good thing. So know that when you're not having the success, and you, you're not losing, you're learning. And it means you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. But you have to truly, when things aren't going your way, learn from it. Can't get emotional and frustrated and beat yourself up, which is going to lead to self-doubt and all those other obstacles we already talked about. You literally go in, accept it. I think that's the, the key. And I like to call this targeted thinking. You know, if things aren't going your way, the, the, the secret weapon for warriors is, is targeted thinking. Okay, accept it first. Then ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want right now? Say this is during the game. Something didn't go your way. Boom. Okay, I'm going to accept it. There's nothing. Don't argue with reality. I think Byron Katie would say something along the lines of, don't argue with reality because you're only going to lose every time. (laughs) Um, So accept it. Ask yourself, what do you want? And then what needs to get done to do what I want, to get what I want? And then go do that thing. It can be that simple, but we don't ask ourselves those questions enough because we get so emotional and frustrated when things don't go our way. So when you have that win or learn mindset, you are literally either having that success or you're learning. And that's how you ultimately pass by others. When you're going through tough, tough times. And actually, I like it like this. We are all, I think of it like a, a little J curve. On and off the field, we are all going to fall so we fall boom okay step two we learn but if you don't you're gonna rise the same or weaker than you were before but if you fall and you learn you're gonna rise stronger than ever so fall learn rise stronger but too many athletes uh talented and you know every every kind of athlete they, they don't take the time and they get so emotional, but when they're not having the success, which is good, you're a competitor, you want to have success. But at the end of the day, when you truly cultivate the win or learn mindset, you have more fun, you feel less pressure, and you put yourself in the best position to succeed, knowing that it's win or win.
0: I love that, man. That is, that is just so money because it's taken me years to realize that, that there is no downside, that there is no, you know, that's when I talked to, uh, uh, and it first it came it really where I, I put it into practice for me it was like a in uh, this whole idea of eliminating regret, making sure that you know don't don't avoid something just because you may not win. Like I ran for Congress one time, and and, and if nothing else, I I remember I had said no, I'm not going to do it. And then when I decided to finally do it, the main reason why is because I knew that I would be regretful forever wondering what if I hate the what ifs. And then I just read this book, a really good book that uh, just to recommend is a fun read, uh, Daniel Pink's new book on the power of regret. And he talks about these four foundational regrets, regrets on action, regrets on inaction, moral regrets. And then I think a foundational regret is like not saving enough money or something like that. But one of the things that he talks about is that most of the regrets that people have, the hardest ones are the chances they didn't take, actions they didn't take, like an action that you take and you fail and it didn't turn out well. Like for me, I took the action to run for Congress. I got spanked, but I don't have, I don't regret it. And it for the loss didn't cause the regret. Now it cost me a lot of money and time and energy, but I don't mm-hmm. regret it because I can go, I know it's a, there's a finality, but had I not, the regret is greater. And so having that attitude of there is no downside to this, then that changes everything. Now, one of the things you mentioned there talking as well as a post that you made yesterday, I had to bring it up. It looks like you've done some Mark Devine reading, one of my favorite Navy SEALs of all time. You talk about feeding the wolf. Talk to this audience about the different types of wolves that we we have the opportunity to feed and we get to choose which one to feed. Give them a little bit of an idea of what uh, expound on your post from yesterday
1: yeah so first I want to talk about what you were just mentioning with the regret and I remember reading um something from Jim Rohn a while back talking about um the the weight of discipline and regret so we're all gonna he says we all have two pains pain of discipline or the pain of regret only the pain of discipline weighs ounces the pain of regret weighs tons. Ooh, and when that. I first read that a while back, I was like, yeah, so discipline, you know, obviously, you can build up that discipline muscle where it's not really pain. It's just you don't even have to make a decision anymore. It's just a habit, you just do what you do, right. But for anything new, and even, you know, along the road, disciplines going to be tough at times. So you can either do that and know that that's going to weigh ounces in pain, or you can have that regret at the end of your career, or the end of your life. Um, whether it's, you know i always like to do this um exercise with athletes you know you're at your funeral or you're on your deathbed and that best version of you walks in um and you know what does that version of you look like and you have that regret of, man if i did that that could have been me yep. or you're at your funeral What? who's there and what are people saying about you you know that i love to begin with the end in mind so they can really see who who what they want to say about them then they can right here and right now and in this very moment and every day live in an integrity with that version of them and what they want people to say about them um so just thought i'd bring that up that always struck Love me uh, when you were talking about the regret um and then the sorry the other question i'm trying to lose my train of Mark thought defined, feeding the wolves oh, Two wolves two wolves yes yes you shot that I'm sorry, my family uh, just walked in. Dude,
0: this is a family show. Bring them on. I, it, there's no <laughs> interruptions. There's no big deal, dude.
1: My dog's been walking back and forth. My son just closed the door. We're good. No um, sweat, man. So self-talk, the two wolves. Basically, I, I believe, and I'm sure you're along the same mindset, that the dialogue going on in our head is the most important thing we have going on at all times. And it's we have those two wolves, or you can call them whatever you want to call them. Powerful, powerless, empowering, disempowering, uh, positive, negative, good, bad. You know, we all have those throughout the day. And the way you feed those wolves is with your self-talk and your beliefs and your thoughts. And, you know, I believe the number one skill for all athletes and probably arguably all people is being able to control the controllables, control what you can control. And I think of everything in your control, obviously your responses in certain situations, your effort, um, present moment focus, all super important. I think your self-talk and your positive self-talk is the number one thing in your control that the majority of people don't take control and feed their mind, positive thoughts. Um, so I think, you know, really throughout the day and, you know, whether it's say baseball with all the adversity and negativity in the game, it's, it's hard. And the game of baseball is hard. So we're going to be having these negative thoughts going in our mind. But if we can stop and we can take control and we have certain mantras, like I basically have this major league mindset wristband that I send to everyone we uh, that goes through the program. So just I'll just mention some mantras that I have them, you know, either right under the bill of their hat or they wear this. So it reminds them to feed that powerful wolf. So Arate's on there, breathe to remind them to take that big league breath. Ohms, obstacles, make me stronger. Bring it on, you feeling fear or uh, anxiety, bring it on. This is what you train for. Um, win. what's important now, kiss, keep it simple, stud. Um, and then pitch one, um, meaning, every pitch is pitch one no matter what happened the pitch before or what could happen in the future approach this pitch and compete with all you've got and try to do your best to win this pitch um actually stole stole that kind of from jeff bezos who i know he talks about it with his amazon employees every day is day one no matter what happened yesterday good or bad today is day one so literally when i get out of bed every day i tell myself day one let's go um so i try to change i changed it to pitch one okay every pitch you're hitting pitching or on defense it's pitch one. Let's go compete with all you've got. Um, So basically, those are just some mantras, ways to take control, ways to inspire you, to push you forward, to push you into action, to feed that powerful wolf, have that wolf win, and put you in the best position to succeed. Because really, at the end of the day, that's what life, that's what baseball is, is all about. You're putting yourself, doing everything in your control to put yourself in the best position, dominating your process, executing your protocol. And then whatever happens happens then when you have that then you do that you have a winner learn mindset boom instantly you feel less pressure you're more confident and you're having more fun and when that stuff happens they play better so um i just want to tell a quick story um for major league mindset for the eight-week program i bring on former teammates and josh tomlin's actually coming on this next class but um the very first class i brought on brad miller he plays for the rangers now he's had about 10 years in the big leagues and he told us a story and i had no idea about this story when he was at clemson as a sophomore he led the nation in airs. statistically he was the worst shortstop in college baseball junior year he went on to win the brooks wallace award for the top shortstop in the country i said brad what did you change what would you change physically and all that stuff so just kind of mess with him um as and he said brandon literally all i change was how I talked to myself. Instead of you know sophomore year, I was saying, if I would make an error or it was a big TV game, I'd say, oh God, don't hit the ball to me. It's kind of just defensive and kind of avoiding that. I didn't want the ball hit to me. And then of course, if it was, I would make an error or something like that. So junior year, he said, I started to think of in my head, I'm a vacuum. He said, I would tell myself, vroom, vroom, say, hit the ball to me. I'm going to make a great play. So he went from being on like, you know, defensive feeding that negative disempowering wolf to feeding that powerful, bring it on wolf. Um, and that's all from your self-talk. And he said, the self-talk is what changed everything. He led, it led him to be a first round draft pick, um, having a great MLB career. So that's the power of self-talk and in, in feeding those wolves inside of us. And once again, hundred percent in our control um so we just gotta
0: take the time and put the work in and take control so I, yeah i love that and dude you know okay like while we're on this whole idea of feeding you know you just reminded me of something if people need to understand this they hear you got if they if they're new to this and they're not like you and i we eat breathe and sleep the stuff they don't realize the mantras become we can train our brain to make that the reflex right to, to b- build that automatic automaticity to where it's that's the automatic default mold network is to go to the positive talk your brain will do the the feelings will follow the action but you got to take the action first it's like pablo's dog you know they're eventually when they when the the dog when he heard the bell that signified it's time to get food then eventually his mouth would start salivating all the way to the point where they didn't the, Pavlo pablo didn't even have to ring uh, ring the bell he heard the footsteps of pablo coming which meant he was about to ring the bell. The dog's mouth would start salivating because he knew something good was going to happen. His brain had been trained that if this, then. That's the thing that what you just said, and I think it's so cool to hear the story of Miller, is that his brain, his default became, when I'm in this situation, my brain's going to say, because I've I've told it enough times that, Boom! I am the vacuum. I'm gonna suck this thing up. I am. I'm a great shortstop. I'm gonna do this. It's not just something that you have to do over and over and over. That becomes the default of our brain, and that to me mm-hmm. is so very important. And this this mm-hmm. applies everything you've talked about to Brandon. And I, I I would love to have a, a subsequent conversation sometime. And maybe here here's an idea for a course for one of us to develop. Since this is what we do: Major League Mindset in Marriage. You know, major whatever, because all of the things that we've talked about, brother, they apply, as you've mentioned a couple of times, in our daily lives, being members of our community, being fathers, being husbands. The default is I'm a loving, caring, husband i am a servant leader in this home i am an example to my children that that telling that all the time when you're you're frustrated at something go but i'm a loving understanding father who is here to teach and build up these children and guide them in the way they should go i mean everything you've talked about man it 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 is applicable in every area of life and so I, i hope that the listener out there that's never watched a baseball game that doesn't give a flip about sports they understand that every single thing you you are talking about and that you have taught brandon is scientifically proven and applicable and we've mentioned it we've gone all the way back to the stoic philosophers dude we've gone back to marcus aurelius and meditations you know it's this is these are practices that have been proven and bared out over thousands of years they actually work and they apply in everyday life as well as sports at the highest level
1: yeah and a couple things you talked about um the if then I like to think of that as an algorithm. We're just creating algorithms in our head and then you're rewiring your brain. You're, You're creating new tracks in your brain. You're basically reprogramming yourself. So like you said, When certain things happen, you just automatically, boom, if this happens, then I do that. So basically, like I said, we got COVID. What did I say right away? Ohms, obstacles make me stronger or obstacles make us stronger. Literally, that's the first thing I think of when things don't go my way. Um, So, and that's being that warrior instead of a victim that a lot of young athletes fall into the trap of, oh, I'm struggling, I hit the ball hard, but I'm not getting any luck or, you know, umpire screwing calls, whatever it is you're playing that victim card. You know, why me? This isn't fair, blaming, complaining others instead of being that warrior and accepting it. What do you want? What needs to be done and go do that thing. You're going to get what you want more often when you do that. That's the funny thing about it. And then also when you detach from the actual outcome or result on or off the field that you're after, and you just simply dominate your protocol um, and your checklist for success, on whatever it is, everything in your control, that stuff comes to you more often and then uh what you said with the actions over feelings when so my chart where i have go over the difference between you know fixed and growth or average versus major league mindset i put a star around that i think that's the most important thing i think average mindset they let their feelings determine how they act they let their feelings drive the show instead of when a major league mindset they, they let their actions determine how they feel But really at the beginning, at the end of the day, I think it is, you have this identity of who you are at your absolute best on and off the field, that's the driver, that's gonna drive your behaviors, then let those behaviors drive how you feel ultimately. Okay, so those, what you mentioned with actions over feelings, I think that is the name of the game because we're not always gonna feel like, um, you know, talking about family, you know, being patient, Or being, um, doing, you know, I don't know, making sacrifices for whatever it is. We're not gonna feel like doing that. Or we're not gonna feel like um, doing a post game routine in our champion journal, really going over, you know, things and reflecting from the game. If you had a really bad game, oh, I don't feel like doing this now, or I don't feel like working out, so I'm not going to. But if you let those actions take the lead, it's going to drive those feelings and you're going to start to want to do that stuff more often. But I think that at the end of the day, another quote, I always say, I'll, you know, never perfectly, but more and more consistently because all these players that come through and a lot of people are just in general in life. They, especially those who work super hard and want to get great results. You know, when things don't go their way, they're perfectionists, and that's going to lead that to that self doubt. So I forget, I don't know if it's Tal Ben-Shahar, I forget who said it, but talked about being a perfectionist or being an optimalist. The difference there is we you all put the work in, you want to be great, but the optimalist rubs things against reality, knows it's not supposed to be easy, knows they're gonna fall, knows they're gonna struggle. Um, but that's the biggest difference between the two there. But I think the actions over feelings like you talked about is everything in life.
0: Dude, such good stuff, man. Well listen, Brandon, I, I know we're on a time time limit here. And I've I've already taken more of your time than uh that I wanted to, but tell people where they can find you, how they can reach you and, uh, and just be in contact because what you, what you are teaching, the message you are spreading, brother, we need more of it. And everybody in this audience needs to follow you, listen to you. Where can they find you, man?
1: Yeah, dude. So first off, thanks for having me on. Thank you for what you're doing, um, spreading the word, just being a part of the community of people like you, at what i absolutely love so thank you um and then for finding me just brandon Um, class three of major league mindset it's a eight week online group training starts on august 18th um, basically we cover in depth everything you and i have been talking about and then um yeah on all the social media is just under my name
0: and
1: yeah that's, that's pretty much it
0: all right well brother one of the things too you know the, the bible says as iron sharpens iron so does one man another. And brother, I know that I'm a lot sharper now than I was before this conversation started. So Brandon- Likewise, man. Thank you so much for, and thank you to our our buddy, Josh Tomlin, for getting us together. And hey, you know, you're, you're so fortunate to have him coming to speak to one of your classes because if ever there was a guy with a growth mindset, it is our brother, Josh, such a fantastic yeah. guy. And so Brandon, thank you, brother. Please come back on anytime and let me know in this audience, any way we can support you, we're there for it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jason. Pleasure to meet you and talk with you and I look forward to doing it again. Awesome, brother. Sit tight and I'll say goodbye to you after I stop recording. Well, that does it for this episode of The Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media production. Fourth Wall did the music and as always, Thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve. Always in always. I'm out.